This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Hope you're well. I've got a killer conversation to share with you. This one features Jason Evans from a death metal outfit called Ingested. They're from Manchester, and wow, doesn't he have a story to tell? Now, the catalyst for our chat is due to an Australian tour. Ingested will be performing alongside of Maddie Wilcock and co in Werewolves and Archspire from Canada as well. I'll put the dates in the episode description. I'll certainly be at the Wednesday, October 11th show at the zoo in Brisbane. Look forward to potentially catching up with the guys there. Now, I mentioned that Jason has a story to tell. Yeah, definitely. He's grown up in rather challenging circumstances and you'll hear why and then he's managed to thrive against the machine against the machine that is the clickbait driven metal media if you are listening via the podcast apps and rumble i've got a tune to share with you this is the title track from their 2022 album called ashes lie still and once it's done We'll dive into the chat for all you good people on YouTube. You know the drill, can't play music on the platform. So here he is, Jason Evans.
yeah, I just had a chat to Thunderstick. You know, Iron Maiden's old drummer and Samson's old drummer as well. So that was that was great. I love catching up with him. So uh, got two oh, tonight, same. mate. Yeah, got, got two tonight. <laughs> busy buy, <so>. busy buy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was thinking a couple of, uh, just, you know, this is beside the point, I understand that, but uh, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago, I said, and you can probably relate being in a band, I said, I think I need to take things down a level because I'm really busy with it. As soon as I do that, all these great interviews come up and I'm like, okay, I won't say that and temp fade again. <laughs> That's always the way. That's always the way. Like, I, I, I'm i just like, I've just resigned myself to that now because now it's like mm. past since COVID. Uh, since all the restrictions lifted, hmm. like we've basically just been on tour, like, and then we get a month off here and there, like where we're at home, and that's that's it. Like it's just work, 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 which is great. Like I'm not complaining about it. Um, but yeah, like I totally, I totally get that. You think like you think, oh, I'll just I'll just take it down a notch, and then like all these opportunities come, and then you can't say no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, I do. I relate, but I mean, it's that's a point for you guys. Things have taken off in the last few years, specifically post COVID for you guys. I was checking your touring schedule, and holy shit, it's exhausting. Yeah. Just reading it, yeah, it's mad. Like it's mad. But like we're we, the thing with us is is that we've we pride ourselves on our work ethic. Like we always want to be. I mean, it's like I'm, I feel like I'm quoting the Rock now, but it's like. <laughs> We always want to know that we're the hardest workers in the room, in whatever room we're in. Like, it's just like a thing. I think it's because of like our background and like where we've come from, if you know what I mean. Like, because we're all we're three working class lads mm. from like council estates. Like, me and Sean are from fucking Manchester, and Lynn's from yeah. Wales. Mm. So it's like we've all grown up with fuck all, and it's like it's one of them things where it's like that kind of upbringing. It's like it'll either it'll make you or it'll break you so in regards of like there's loads of people who grew up on the council estate that were all my age that i know of that i went to school with who allowed that sort of environment and that sort of because it's it's being poor basically Mm -hmm. like they allowed that environment and that that sort of experience growing up to like grow up with the mindset of like oh like you know the system's against me i can't ever achieve anything like then it's sort of that victim mentality whereas like with me and and obviously sean and lynn and other people that i know um they've grown up with nah fuck that like do you know what i mean and it's sort of like what do i have to do to get to where i want to be and it's sort of like it'll it'll either it'll either make you or it'll break you do you know what I mean? It'll either instill a work ethic in you or it'll it'll make you do fuck all for the rest of your life. It's just yeah. one of them things. It just depends on the person. And with me, Lynn and Sean, it's like we, our work ethic is second to none. Like you said, we're always on tour. We're always writing and recording albums. We're always doing, doing, doing because it's what we this is our this is what we've always wanted to do. Like for all three of us, since we were like fucking young kids do you know what i mean all we've ever wanted to do is be in a band Mm. like i've had i've had normal jobs i used to be a restaurant manager so did lynn sean used to be a postman and shit while we were doing the band Mm. and it's like that's shit do you know what i mean i don't want to work for anybody else i want to work for me like i want to work like be lynn and sean working for ourselves like we're our own bosses like we call the shots we're the band do you know what i mean and it's sort of like it's to get to that point where 
where like like I say, you're working for yourselves. That's a that's from where we've come from to where we are is 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 an awesome feeling because it's like like we've never had any help. We've never had any leg ups or handouts. Like we've never been industry darlings or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Everything we've got, we've fought for and we've earned it. And like where we are, we deserve we deserve that spot because we've put the hard work in. And I think that feels great. Do you know what I mean? To know that we've earned this, we've worked for it. Like we deserve this. Like, so where do we go from here? Like what more work do we need to do? Um, and that's kind of like, I don't know. I think it's just like the working class attitude, especially like from like Northern England, where we're from. It's sort of like, get it done. Do you know what I mean? It is, but I've got some insight and I can only imagine two, you know, a couple of Anglo-Celtic kids in a housing estate. It's a bit like southwestern Sydney and a housing commission block down there. A couple of long-haired Anglo-Celtic kids. I mean, you guys, how the hell did you escape the extreme violence that could have been visited on you? Oh, oh, mate. Like, well, this is the thing. Like, I, growing up on a council estate, it's like, yeah. especially like being, well, what it was called then. Like we're talking like late nineties, early two thousands. We were called moshers by like all the, I don't know. We called them scallies, but I guess you could call them like jocks or whatever. Like the mm. British equivalent of jocks, like chavs, basically. Mm. And like every day, every day, school was like hell. Like you're getting the shit kicked out here. You. You're fighting all the time. You just just constant bullying. But again, it's one of them things that it'll either it'll leave you temper you like a steel sword, or it'll you'll allow it to break you. Do you know what I mean? And like, for me mm. personally, um, I think it, it, it was shit, but it's like, it's made me into the person that I am today with the mindset that I have today. Like it's a lot, I'm very strong willed to shit like that now. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's like, I've seen Definitely. violence. I've seen, I've experienced violence. Like, so it's like, it, it's toughened me up basically. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not saying that it's a good thing because it's definitely not, is it? Like, like bullying's a shit thing, but, you know, it's made me into the person that I am today with the ethics that I've got and the morals that I've got today. Do you know what I mean? Good on you. But yeah, it, it was like, I fucking... Extremely tough, yeah. Well, this is it. It's sort of like, it was like one of them things where it's like, you're worried about walking down the street where you live. Do you know what I mean? Because like, you'll get fucking the shit kicked out of you. Or like one of my friends in school... Um, he was in my friend's front garden, like so. He wasn't even on the street. Hmm. He was, I think we were about fourteen, and one of these chav guys picked up this metal bar and fucking smashed him around the fucking head with it. And he had to go to hospital, and all his head's fucking pissing blood out and That's everything. What I mean. yeah. That kind of shit, like, and that, and the, and the only reason that was was because of how he was dressed. Yeah, because he had like band t-shirts on and baggy jeans, and he had like longish hair. Or he might have had spiked hair at that point. I can't. I can't actually remember. But it's yeah, bullshit. Like though, that's the it? that's the shit. Like, do you know what I mean? But that's that's it though. It's like when you when you're living in like a, I guess like a lower class environment. It's like that kind of shit happens. But I mean, I guess it can happen anywhere, can't it? Violent. It's not really. It's not just about the environment. It's about it's about the fucking individuals in it. Violence. Do you know what I mean? If you if you're predisposed to violence, then you're predisposed to it. Like. But it's that, to your point, it's that hopelessness that housing commission or council estates, sorry, mm. in the UK, the same thing, okay? But it's the hopelessness that's, that they breed. And yeah. like, 
people could say, oh, it's not politically correct or what have you, but you've lived it and I've seen it. And it's, it, yeah. it breeds this thing where people just don't feel like they can ever step above the position or the station in life that they're in. So that totally makes sense that you've got this attitude of, are we the hardest working people in the room? Well, we're not. Let's get to it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's exactly what you just said. That's that's what I mean about that kind of environment. It either makes you or it breaks you. Because you can either, mm. it'll break you. And like you said, you'll be like, oh, we can't get out of this. We can't get out of this. And then you resort to things like violence and crime just to, because just to prove that's the thing to do. To the do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, totally. It's horrible. Exactly. Yeah. Or it'll go the other way, like it has with me and some of my friends as well. Where it's like, no, I want to get out of this. Like, I don't want to be in this environment for the rest of my life. This, do you know what I mean? Why would I want to? And then it, like, it hardens you, and you become more goal driven, and you want to get yourself out of that shit. Hmm. But yeah, I think I think a lot of that that attitude makes ingested what it is. Do you know what I mean? Because hmm. I mean, like, especially with me and Sean as well. Like, we're from Manchester, so it's like we've got that northern attitude that. Manchester sort of like some fuck you like do you know mm. what I mean like you fucking trying to tell me yeah. that I can't do something or Definitely. I can't achieve it fuck you like do you know what I mean we'll do it out of spite we'll we'll go out and achieve what you said that we can't achieve just to show you that we can like yeah but that that's always been that sort of like northern swagger yeah, that's a Manchester characteristic. Always, yeah, yeah totally it's always yeah. been like a huge part of ingested um because I mean like my biggest influence isn't even the metal band. My biggest, my personal biggest influence in music is because I was born in like I'm born in '87, so I grew up through the '90s, and in the '90s there was this band from Manchester called Oasis who came up from ten minutes over that way, council estate. None of them had a job, absolute pot, not even a pot to piss in, just like me. And they became the biggest fucking rock band in the world. Do you know what I mean? So to see that, where they've come from exactly the place that I'm from, exactly the same environment, and then to completely dominate the world, that's amazing. Like, that's amazing. So that inspires me because I'm just like, well, if they can do it, hmm. do you know what I mean? It's like anyone can do it. Like, so all you got to do is just do it. Like, do you know what I mean? You just got to find the way to do it and then fucking do it like yeah and i was talking to mark day you know happy mondays of course they're a manchester band. yeah of course one. of course so i do, yeah. just had a great chat with mark day last night and i dived into the history before i had the chat with him i've always liked happy mondays even though i'm a metalhead i just thought they were one of those bands who had a great groove and some dance characteristics and they kicked off rave culture all that stuff yeah. comes from where you know probably to your point 20 kilometers from where you're sitting right now or yeah. less in terms of the radius but he was talking we were talking about how the London scene, so the London executives, they couldn't have given a shit about the northern bands and no. the factory record scene and the Hacienda scene and this sort of thing. It yep. was really something where those bands were just they they had they had to find their own way in an environment where there was no they had to beat down the door. They had to Exactly. That pass. So that's the attitude that you come from. So whether you're an Oasis, Happy Mondays or ingested, the same philosophy applies. Yeah, totally. Because all we've ever, like the industry in the UK, like up until about, well, probably still happening now, but like till mm -hmm. around about a year ago or whatever. So like for the first 17 years, the metal industry, like the media and the industry in this country, all they've ever done is shut the door in our face. Mm. All they've ever done, like is shut the door in our face over and over again. 
because we've never been the the media darlings in the uk do you know what i mean like we've always been these rough fucking guys from council estates Manchester, Lynn's from a fucking council estate in fucking the, the arsehole of nowhere in Wales, like in the fucking mm. valleys. Do you know what I mean? They, we've never been, we've never been what they wanted to push. And like, like you said about like factory records, the Hacienda, like the the mad Chester scene in mm-hmm. the early nineties, you had to bang that fucking door down because they don't give a shit. Like, and that's what we've had to do. Cause it's like, if you look at our, you look at the stuff that we've achieved and the the career that we've had so far, like we're fucking three working class guys from England that have took a mm. fucking death metal band and toured all over Europe, toured all over fucking America, had like sellout shows, headline shows in America, mm. done massive tours. And th- no nobody in the industry in the UK has ever give, given a shit about us. And it's like, we've achieved more than mm. loads of these bands that you're fucking sucking off. Like, do you know what I mean? And, like, and you're just ignoring us. Well, fine. Okay, then, if that's how it is. And here's where the fucking Manchester attitude comes in. I'm just like, fuck you. Like, fuck yeah. you. I'll achieve. We'll achieve everything in spite of you. In spite of you closing the doors on us. In spite of you ignoring us and acting like we don't exist. We will achieve everything. Do you know what I mean? And then when, it, when all's said and done, yeah, don't give you. a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Fuck yeah. you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you get actually? I'll just do a time check. I was a dicey sent through the schedule. It looked like we're only on fifteen minute blocks, or have I got more time it's, to chat with you? It's fine. You're my last interview for oh, today sweet. now. So, oh, thanks. So. Right. Yeah, he, he normally does that with me because he knows what I'm like. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, that's great. And and the success that you've had, oh, you have Kerrang, I can't even say terrorize anymore because I haven't been around for years. But, yeah. but you know, those mastheads like is it Metal Hammer? I don't even know whether they're still around. To they be don't give a fuck about us. They don't yeah. give a fuck about us. They've never given a fuck about us. Kerrang, we've never been in Kerrang. Um, Metal Hammer, I think, did like a review of one of our albums, or maybe they reviewed a couple of our albums. But they've not done an interview um, and a like nah, a centerpiece nah, where they've talked like, about uh, no. No, none of that shit. Like, none of that shit. None of this. Oh, you're doing a headline tour in America and, like, most of it's sold out. That's amazing for a UK band. Wow, that's fucking awesome. Maybe we should get you on the fucking magazine. Nope, none of that shit. Oh, you're touring with Cannibal Corpse, the biggest death metal band of all time. Hmm. Nope, don't want to know about that. Oh, you're doing the tour with... You've just done an American tour with Lorna Shaw and now you're doing a fucking... Uh, European tour with Lorna Shaw, one of the biggest fucking bands in extreme metal at the moment. Nope, don't give a shit about that. Like, do you know what I mean? That you, oh, you're going to Australia for the first time ever. Oh my God, that's amazing. Nope, don't give a shit about that. They don't give a fuck. Like, and no. it's like, we're achieving all these things. And yet you're pushing these fucking shit bands that like, do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, like, you're, you're so talking whatever. exactly. Like, <laughs> but I've just got to raise the point. You're talking exactly. I've been doing this for six years. Okay, the podcast, and um, I mean, I, was, I named them. I named the the outlets. I can't. And look, they might have given you some love. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but I just can't stand the decibels, the blabbermouths, the even though they give me a lot of coverage, all of this shit. But it's doing it. It's not to, when I say it's giving me coverage. Clickbait. They're not yeah. picking up on the important parts of the conversation. And go. Say, for example, with Ingested, this is the little, this is the band, not little band, sorry, I don't mean to say it like that, but this is the band that yeah. had 
the odds stacked against them in Manchester and they're able to do it. So the metal hammers, the Kerrangs, the decibels, I couldn't even metal injection and all this bullshit in the United States, these other ones. And and it's like they only exist for the advertising revenue. You know that's what it is, yeah, don't you? Yeah, totally. That's, that's 100% what it is. They're only there for that. And if the fans that are listening, people listening, want to argue and say, oh, no, it's they've got other interests at heart. It's like, no, they're a business. No. They're just a smaller business, but they're still a business, and that's the only reason that they do it. I'm independent, so I'll have conversations that last for hours or what have you. Okay, I've already got a job. Okay, but when it comes to the bands, it's a bit of a different story because you've actually got a you've got a killer back catalogue. You've got ten Thanks. combined DPs and albums. Okay, yep. you've proven that you can do it, and you've actually got to the point now where it's only up. Okay, so yeah. at what point do these mastheads kick in and go, okay? A bit like the story with the ex-members of Cradle of Filth, like Stuart Answers, God rest his soul. They they just don't reach out and have conversations with these people. No. The guys that actually wrote the fucking albums. He wrote Cruelty and the Beast with Nick Barker. I know they don't care. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They absolutely don't give a shit. And it's like, I, I'm now at the point where I'm just like, I don't give a fuck now. Do you know right. what I mean? Because it's not like, you. you used mm. to be like, oh, really want to be in Kerrang, really want to be in Metal, I really want to be on this website, blah, 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 blah. Now I'm just like, fuck you, man. We've achieved everything we did without you. Like, in spite of you. Like, in spite of you fucking ignoring us. Like, so fuck you. Like, fuck you all. Like, and then when you come and and you do want to do something, I'm, I'm, I'll put you on blast and I'll just say like, why, why the fuck has it took you fucking this long? Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, I just don't get it. Why would you not like the the one that annoys me the most is the one in the UK. It's like, why would you not want to get behind a band that's done this? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Why would you not want to like get behind one of your own? It makes no sense. And you're on Metal like, Blade. I just don't too. understand it. We're on fucking Metal Blade Records, yeah. doing massive tours all over the world, and you don't and you don't even want to support your boys like what are you talking about like this is crazy mm. like but it just goes to show that it's like it's not about like actual fucking metal journalism it's about fucking clickbait it's about ad revenue oh, it is. it's about like look at look at it like just go on fucking instagram and look at their fucking pages it's just all clickbait oh go to this go to this link link in bio link in bio link in bio like yeah Linking bio 100%. because it links you to the page where all the fucking adverts are. Like, mm. fuck off. Like, yeah, you I can't definitely get it. it. Fuck them. Fuck them. But get this it. is, this is it though. This is that working class fucking northern fucking attitude that, like I said, is like such an important part of ingested. It's just fuck you, fuck you. Then, like, if you don't want to, you don't want to fucking get behind your boys and fucking suck my dick. I don't give a fuck. Do you no, know what good I mean? on you, mate. I, I do, mate, and I commend you absolutely for it because I, I've spoken to, especially, you know, when I say younger bands, people of, of your ilk, even though you're, you're veterans in one respect, given the combined <laughs> albums that you've got, but but they self-censor. I've even had a yeah. run-in with the band recently for some of the comments. So I was like fucking asking them certain questions. Oh, I, I can't I believe it. Know. I can't believe it. It's like, hang on a sec, we're just having conversations, but because the conversations don't align with things that might not they might be politically yeah. charged or there might be commentary on social yeah, issues yeah. or what have you. They contact the agent. They say, I don't want that chat out there. I want to have a listen to it before it goes out there. You know what I say? It's yeah. not going out. I'm not doing yeah. it. I'm like Bug you, mate. Down. I'm, I'm like, not doing it. Yeah, buggy. Yeah. It's, there's two, like, yeah. It's, so so a move to the United States, have you guys thought about that? I mean, that's, that's your bread and butter. That's where the audience is, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. That's our biggest fan base, like by a mile. Like the headline tour that we did mm. um there just in May. Uh that was our biggest headline tour, most successful headline tour of all time that we've ever done. Uh mm. loads of the shows sold out. Um and the ones that didn't sell out were almost sold out apart from one that was shite. But you know, swings and roundabouts in it, like can't get a mm-hmm. gold medal every day, can you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um so yeah, that was like super successful. Um we always do really, really well in America. Um as far as an actual move out there, it's not it's not something that I'd want to do. Like just because all oh, my family are here. Like, do you know what I mean? I have yeah. got a wife and kids. I don't want to uproot them and take them to another fucking country and shit. And it's like, do you know what I mean? I just it's not it's not something that that appeals to me. I mean, it would probably be better for the band in the long run, maybe. But then again, maybe not, because then if you're over there all the time, you're touring there all the time, and then you become oversaturated in the market. Mm. But like, there's a lot of American bands that just constantly tour fucking America all the time. And then it's like, you see that they're not, they're not going up. They're just kind of plateaued. And I don't want to plateau. I just want to keep climbing. I don't care how long it takes or how, how slow the climb or gradual the climb is. I'm not asked about that. Like, do you know what I mean? As long as we're always constantly moving forward, like with regards to our career and musically and creatively, I'm fine with that. Do you know what I mean? I just want to move. Because this is the thing. I'm not asked about fame. I'm not asked about money. Do you know what I mean? Like all Mm. I want money-wise is that my bills are paid. There's a roof over my wife and kids' head. They've got food and that they don't have to worry about like fucking paying the bills or you know like do you know what i mean we can live comfortably i don't want them to grow up the way that i grew up do you know what i mean like fucking worrying about fucking bills and like all that shit like i don't want that as long as you like i'm not greedy i don't want to be fucking super rich or anything i don't care about that i just want to be comfortable and not have to worry and because, I, like I said, I'm not asked about. I don't care about going viral or any of that shit. Like all I want is that at the end of this career, when this band's said and done, I want people to look back and go, "Fucking hell, Ingested were one of the best death metal bands of all time." That is it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's it. I just just want that. It's a legacy thing. I want. I want to go down in history as one of the yeah. best. I'm not asked about like fucking being famous or do you know what i mean i i like walking down the street and not being hassled and shit do you know what i mean because i'm not that guy like i'm not i'm not like i'm not into that like that's not what i want i just want to i want to do what i love as a job not have to worry about bills and create something that's got a lasting legacy that people remember like when i'm long after i'm dead and gone do you know what I mean? Something that my kids can look back on and go, fucking hell, dad was well cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, no. that's, that's what I want. Like, like, yeah. Talking about kids and, and family, is, is that your biggest challenge, finding balance between being away for so long and then coming back and, you know, fitting back into family life again? Um. Yeah and no. I mean, my wife's an absolute soldier. She's amazing. Like, she's fucking brilliant. Um. She like we got together. I was already in the band when we got together, and um, 
And so she knew what my yeah. goals were and what I wanted to do. Didn't try career, to change like, you so away from the sounds of things. No, yeah. never. She she told me she told me to quit my job when when the rest of the band was like, right, let's. I think we're getting to a point where we can do this full time now, and we don't have to have jobs. I I had a job as a restaurant manager, like good, well, decent money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Good job. Like would have been a long career, career, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a proper career. Like I was good at it as well. Um, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. Like this is what I've always wanted to do. Like ever since I saw the Pantera home videos when I was like fucking thirteen. Like I was just like that is it that is what i want to do and she knows that and she was like i was like um in an iron because obviously i'm like it's a bit of a financial risk like we at the time we only had one child um and i'm just like what do i do what do i do what do i do um and she went quit the fucking job go and do the band she was like what what, why are you even thinking about it she was like this is everything you've ever wanted to do do it Mm. i was like but what about like she's like we'll manage we'll figure it out don't worry about it and uh yeah like so i can i go away for like a month maybe a month and a half on tour and then she's she's at home with the kids she she also works like a couple of days a week as well like um she's a she's a trooper she's an absolute soldier like i wouldn't like wouldn't be able to do anything that i do without her um mm-hmm. yeah and i fake when i'm on tour i facetime her and the kids every day yeah. Um, even if it's only for 10 minutes or whatever, like, cause obviously it depends where I'm in the world and that, like, so I speak to him every day. Um, so yeah, when I get home, it's like, I get to be a full-time dad, which is something that when I had a full-time job, when I was working, like doing the restaurant managing, so, like sometimes I'd be there from like eight in the morning to like one in the morning yeah. Yeah, and maybe I'd be working five, six, sometimes seven days a week. Do you know what I mean? So I'd never be home. Like yeah. I'd never be home, even though I was I was sleeping at home. I was never at home. I was and never present, present. Whereas present, yeah. yeah whereas now, yeah. Now it's like, yeah, all right. I might go away for five weeks to work, but then when I come home and I've got a month off or whatever, I'm home. Like I'm present. I'm here. Like I'm full time dad mode. Like mm. which is fucking great so it's like i spend even though like i've been on tour for the past two years i spent more time at home with my family hmm. than i ever did when i had a full-time job yeah so yeah it's great it's great it's like obviously like that's the hardest part of touring is like being away from the wife and kids because i miss them like fuck but you know it's like this is this is what i this is what i was born to do do you know what i mean this is what i know i was made to do like because i'd I, I love doing it so much. Like, do you know what I mean? Then it's like, that's it. I yeah. couldn't do anything else. Like, and and it's like, it's going back to, it's like, I don't, obviously like with doing the restaurant managing and doing all these other jobs. Cause I've, I've worked since I was like, when did I get my first job? My first job, I was 12 years old and I got a job cleaning, cleaning the car park of a pub because um, I was too young to get a paper round. This is what I mean about growing up in that environment. Yeah. I wanted to work. I wanted to work. I wanted to to earn money to get out of where I was. So it was like I I, I mivered my granddad to get me a job cleaning the car park on a Saturday morning. Oh my god! At, uh, his friend's pub. All the broken and glass then, and vomit. Yeah, everything. <laughs> all the ash. Everything. Just whatever was there. Like, and he'd pay me a fiver 
And that was, that to me, that was a lot of money. Like when I'm 12 years old and I'm fucking, I never had money, like a five or a week, I was like, fucking yeah. And then year after that, I got, um, I was old enough to get a paper round. So then I got a paper round and that paid me eight pounds a week. And I did a paper round every single day. <laughs> and then, and then after that, freezing winters, mate, Jesus. Yeah. Freezing mate. Oh. And then, and then, uh, and then I'd worked, then I got like proper jobs from being 16 up until like I started working in restaurants and then I became, then I got promoted and became a manager and shit. Yeah. I've kind of lost my trail of thought where I was going with that. <laughs> it's a good one, mate. No, it's a great summary. Yeah. But after, after you've said what I'm getting a picture of is I understand why Brian likes you guys. So do you deal with Brian directly at Metal Blade? Um, I've never, I've never spoke to him. I've never spoke to Brian. Not yet. I'm hoping mm -hmm. to meet him soon. Um, but we've 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 dealt with everybody else. Like we've spoke to everybody else, but we've not met Brian yet. I mean, we've not even been on the label for a year yet. So yeah, you know, you deal it, with Joey, yeah, Joey Vera's wife. Tra is it Tracy Vera? Is that her name? Yes. Yeah, we deal yeah. with Tracy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's lovely. Yeah, Joey's um, fantastic. We, yeah, he's one of my base heroes. So I got to speak to him only re oh a couple of years ago. I'm gonna say recently. Yeah, but Tracy seems lovely too, just from her social media feed and the fact that she's married to Joey. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's lovely. She's lovely. She's come out to a lot of our shows whenever we've played. Like oh, she's great. She's stuff. great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like um, yeah, I think I think that that like work ethic and that that drive and that like wanting to like we said, be the hardest worker in every room that we're in. I think that is why Metal Blade and Brian like us so much and the Metal Blade team like us so much because it's like we will, whatever we say we're going to do, we will deliver on it and more every single time. Like we're here mm. to impress. Do you know what I mean? We're here to work our asses off. Because we I want you it. guys, you guys are going to be on that label until you don't want to be, from the sounds of things. In because that's, <laughs> I, I just finished reading his book a couple of weeks ago, and he just wants bands to be true to themselves and to do their own thing and to have an identity and to be hardworking. That's pretty much summarizes it, yeah. and that's you guys down to a T. And it's metal blade for God's sake. So you've got this awesome distribution network which can actually help grow the band. You, you, you know, you guys will do the touring anyway. But if someone wants to get your CD, their physical copy or a T-shirt, or have you got the distribution networks to actually make that happen? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's honestly, it's great. Like um, we've always wanted to be on Metal Blade, like since we fucking started this band mm -hmm. because Cannibal Corpse being the main reason. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we we Cannibal Corpse was like, oh my god, it's Cannibal Corpse, and now we're on the same fucking label as them. We've just done a tour with them. It's fucking awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's fucking great. They Metal Blade have been fantastic with us, like since since we since even before we signed to them, even like in the in the signing process, they were fantastic. They've always been accommodating to us, and always they always check in with us, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm just like super happy. Like it's nice. Chill. It's nice yeah, because it's, it's like it feels like it's nice to feel like appreciated. Do you know mm. what I mean? And feel like really we were welcomed in. They appreciate all the hard work that we do. Like, and it seems like they really want us to be there on the label, which is fucking awesome. It feels like an actual home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like other times it's just sort of felt like it's business and we're on a label. And that's do you know what I mean? That's all it is. Whereas this I is like they really want us to be there, which is great because we really want to be there. So 
Just the tour with Cannibal as well. I reckon Eric's one of my favourite people in the world. Did you get much chance to interface with him and chat with him on the tour? Yeah. Yeah, we were we were on tour with him for seven weeks. Like we yeah. hung out a lot. Like it was great. Um we toured with Cannibal Corpse years and years ago. Um mm. in like 2016. Um it was summer slaughter, but we didn't really get to hang out with any of them then because it was mm. like there was like 10 bands on the yeah. bill, and it's summer slaughter, which is just a clusterfuck. Mm. Um but this one, it was like we were hanging out every day, like chatting with them every day, and it was awesome. Like they're all super nice guys like like the nicest like guys that i've ever met mm. like in the in the in the entire scene like they were just super super nice like always always dead friendly always wanting the chat always got time checking if everyone's all right you got everything you need like everything you want from like a headline band mm. do you know what i mean like because that's to me like seeing seeing a band like cannibal corpse being so nice and friendly and checking that most importantly checking everyone's okay all the time they don't have to do that do you know what i mean they're fucking cannibal corpse like i've been on tour with bands that have headlined and they didn't give a shit about any of the support acts do you know what i mean like whereas whereas they do and they don't have to uh, but they go out of their way and like for me that's like that's inspiring to me and that makes me want to always be like that on our headline tours do you know what i mean have have the support bands got enough merch space? Has everybody got the buyout? Has everybody sorted? Yeah. Is everything okay? Does anybody need anything? Is the, is the like? Do you know what I mean? Just checking that everyone's got everything they need. If there's any problems, making sure that all the other bands that are the, on the supports like feel, like know that they can come and ask any any one of us anything, and it's totally fine. It's not going to be a problem. If it can't be done, it'll be can't do that but here's why what else Mm. what what can what can we do though do you know what i mean like it's like that's super inspiring to me so that was that was great like because then we take that yeah the role models on board yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, we take that shit on board and then behave like that like make sure everyone's okay so that so that they they think that they're like well touring with ingest is fucking awesome do you know what i mean like because that's like i want i want i want Bands to have a great time and make as much money as possible when they tour with us. That's what I want. Because it's like, you know, like when you go on tour and like they want like merch, like they, they want merch and shit. Like I, I'm always like, yeah, take whatever you want. Like just speak to our merch guy, take whatever merch you want. And then they're like, do you want some of our merch? And I'm like, no, sell your merch. And then on the last day, I'm going to come and I'm going to rinse you. (laughs) But I want you to make money first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what I want. I want them to be successful. I want the tour to be successful, not just for us, but for everyone involved. Are you potentially going to look at getting into management? Me? No. 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 I'm... I'm happy with doing what what I'm doing. Like, there's about like Lynn does. Lynn Lynn is in is into band management and stuff. But for me, like, it's not that's not what I want. I want I, I want I need to have that. The band is where I put all of my work energy into. Is is that, and then the rest of it is for my family life. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? My own time because I think I don't want to spread myself too thin. Yeah, I'd rather, that. I'd rather just concentrate on that. Maybe, maybe when this is all said and done, maybe when the band isn't isn't doing it anymore, maybe like when I'm too old or whatever, 
like um, on my body packs in or whatever. Like you, ne- you never know what happens. Like, do you know what mm. I mean? Maybe then, maybe then that's something that I'd look into. But while I'm while while the band's active, like it's not something that I want to do just because I need. I like to have my time for my. I like I like being present for my wife mm. and kids. Like when I'm not working, like it's that's really important for me. Mm. But yeah, so, like maybe maybe when the band's over, maybe it's something I'd look into. But. Oh, you could definitely do it all, or coaching that sort of thing, you know, because just with your enthusiasm and your positivity, I think it's people will feed off that. Particularly, a lot of people have or in music that is their destiny, but they don't believe yeah. it. Whereas you did yeah. when when you had opportunities to drop it, especially having a stable role and a career and a family as well. I mean, I can only imagine you probably had some family members or close friends saying, "I mean, you're crazy to drop that and play music because music doesn't pay anything." Yeah. But you didn't listen and you went and did it. And 99 people out of 100 would say, "Hey, actually, you're right. That's great advice. I will stop playing music." But you didn't do that. But you must have had a plan above and beyond that. In other words, you must have had some acumen some business acumen so do you reckon you pick that up from those very early days just working your way up picking up all the vomit and broken glass in the pub there you reckon it comes from that i think it's more like it's more to do with um it's like it's the work ethic thing it's that drive Mm -hmm. but then like as as i grew older and developed more skills especially when i started uh management like that was where that was where I really started picking up skills in like terms of like how to encourage people. Um, because like my management style when I worked in restaurants was it wasn't a, I'm telling you what to do. I want to encourage you to think for yourself mm. and go and do it yourself and want to go and do it rather than, rather than me sounding like I'm just giving you an instruction to go and do something. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's like, I, I wanted to build a team. Do you know what I mean? That will, that will all row the same way and, and, you know, want to help each other and want yeah. to get together, like, and achieve something as a unit rather than, oh, go and do that for me, go and clear that table. Do you know what I mean? So like, I'd be, I'd be out there doing the work with them. You know what I mean? Like, because I want to, I want to show you that I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm not. I'm never going to ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and most management is, a, in my experience, especially as a young fellow, was just about telling you what to do and admonishing you when you didn't do yeah. it quick enough. That was so yeah. typical of the middle management type. I'm still like that to this day. I've got a a very strong distrust of middle management types. It takes me a while to warm to people when they're in those roles because I've got to see them in action. It, it can take up to 18 months and I'm very, very fortunate at the moment in that I'm an independent operator these days. I still have a boss, but she just lets me do my thing because she trusts me. Yeah. But it it takes a while to get to that point with people, doesn't it? And it can burn you out. That's yeah. the other thing. You can get burnt out and you hate your job. And especially if you've got a family, the last thing you want to do is come home and be a prick around them. Exactly. you've been dealing with assholes all day yourself. Exactly. And like working in restaurants, my God, we had to deal with some assholes. Like it was fucking crazy. But it was like, again, it was about, it was about learning those interpersonal skills where it's all like, you can, you got to, like a lot of people take it personally. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you have to, you have to like instill in yourself and in, and in your team as well. Like don't take it personally. It's not personal. They don't know you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like kill them with kindness. It's gonna be it's gonna be shit. But do you know what? 
we'll laugh about it in the kitchen in about 10 minutes and we'll call them all the names under the sun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we'll have a fucking joke about it. So just fucking give them what they want, get them out the door, and then let's go and have let's go and take the piss out of them in the kitchen. So true. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? So like true, so it's brother. about yeah. how you deal with arseholes. Because there's always gonna be arseholes. This is the thing. Like in a perfect world, they wouldn't exist. But it's not a perfect world and it's never gonna be. There's always gonna be arseholes from all walks of life. So it's just yeah. about learning how to navigate around it and like dealing with it and just not taking it personally. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like it's like this shit, like like if you go on the internet and shit, like with us being a band and putting our music and ourselves out into yeah into the public space, it's like we get a lot of shit. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because everybody's got an opinion, and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Do you know what I mean? Like I might not agree with them, but like it's totally fine to have an opinion. Like that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's like that's what you get when you put things out into the public space. And obviously fucking social media now has like made everybody think that their opinions, like the most important critic ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's all bullshit. Like, do you know what I mean? But again, it's just an opinion. Who cares? It's not personal. Like, do you know what I mean? If you like my band, that's fucking great. And I thank you. And I'm super appreciative of it. And we'll keep putting out great music and playing great shows for you. If you don't like my band, I couldn't give a fuck. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like, I'm making music for me. Mm. But I want to hear. Like, because I'm not like I'm not chasing something. Do you know what I mean? I'm just create we're creating. We're not chasing something. Like, there's a lot of bands out there that are chasing shit, like chasing to go viral on fucking I don't know, TikTok or whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? But we're not. Like, I don't care about that. Like, I just want to create something that's real. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that yeah. has a soul. Like, I think if you're if you're chasing something for either money or fame or to go viral or, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that, it's soulless. You're not doing it for the right reason. You're not making something that you want. You're making something that you think they want. Right, yeah. And that's and it fucked. doesn't work. Like, it just doesn't, doesn't work. work. It makes you it look like work. a fool. Of course it does. I mean, like, look at Lana Shaw. They put they put that song out and it went viral and that was totally organic. They didn't do yeah. that to do that. It just happened. But now you, you look at all these other bands moments. that are trying to do it, that are trying to do what Lorna Shaw did. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. It just happened. Like it happened completely organically. They put something out and everyone fucking went bananas. That's it. Do you know what I mean? You can't try and emulate that because it's not, it was lightning in a bottle. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and to me, like trying to chase something like that, especially trying to chase something that somebody else has done, like it's just weak. Do you well, know what I mean? It's just it like happen. soulless. Like, there's nothing to it. You're not, why are you doing it? You're doing it for the wrong reasons. But did you see these, these, it's not a music thing, but did you see there was this TikTok thing with non player characters? They had these girls pretending to be non player characters in games. Did you ever see that? The videos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen like one video. Like, I think it was going, on like YouTube. Like this shit yeah, and stuff. It's and fuck it. it's ice mad, cream yum. It? Ice cream yum. Yeah, that's sort of the shit. one I saw. That's the one I saw. Yeah. I was like, but, I was like, I don't even know what I'm watching. I think it came up on like you on, it was like part of a YouTube yeah. video. It might have been fucking Joe Rogan. I think so. I think you talked about I think about I was it. watching yeah. Joe Rogan. I think he was talking to Post Malone or something. And like, it was, like, I was just like, what? I don't, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know what, I, I know what a non-player character is. I've played Skyrim for like most of my fucking life. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I know what they are, but 
I didn't know this was a thing now. Like, it's fucking but that's it's my weird, point. But the imagine trying, weird place, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine trying to predict that that's the next thing that exactly. you've got to try to emulate. And that's my point. You don't know what's coming around the corner. I saw that come up and I thought they were mentally ill, these people, because of the way that they were. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, the, <laughs> you know, it was one this of those things. This is the thing, though. You can't tell anymore. You can't tell anymore because people do such wild shit, like, in, yeah. in order to, like, just be on the internet. Now you're just like... I don't know who's crazy and who isn't anymore. Like it's like you don't know whether the whether they are crazy or whether it's like yeah. they're just doing a bit. Like do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's fucking mad. That was one of the few times where I've gone, what the hell is going on here? If this is what the internet is about, that and you have to have seen that chick called Queen of Farts. Have you seen her on TikTok? Queen of Farts eighty four. No, see, I don't have TikTok. I had it on my phone for like. I don't have a it week, either, but and I was I, like, no, this is going, and I deleted it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did the same thing, but this thing came through on Instagram, and you know that little TikTok sign in the bottom, and this is oh, yeah. chick who this chick who who rips the most enormous farts. She's an English chick, and she lets these farts go that I couldn't do if you paid me. If if my life was on the line, there's just no way. She just must have this colon from hell. This chick and. Uh, <laughs> Queen of Farts is her name, and she had this huge following. I think she's gone now. I think she's taken down her account now or something. But my point is that the depths you have to plumb in order to go viral aren't worth yeah. it. No, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's like I, I think it's better to just do what you do, do what you love to do. Hmm. And if and if you catch lightning in a bottle, like Lana did, then it happens. Like Then it happens. Just let it happen. That's fine. But if you're chasing it, man, it's a it's a dragon that you're never going to catch. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. You're never going to catch it. Like it's it's always like you're never going to get it because it's it's not real. It just has to be something that just happens. I think. Do you, do you have well, that any... Queen of Farts sounds actually quite funny though because I think farts are funny. Like, do you know oh, what I mean? These ones are disgusting, bro. Like <laughs> she, oh, well, like they they long, and she's not the. She's pretty big, you know what I mean. She looks like she's got some weight behind it. <laughs> you know? and Amazing. She, she does this thing where she farts and she says "egg, egg, egg" or something. And uh, you know, <laughs> we were walking around. See, now, now, like, now you've now you've turned it into something completely different. Now, like now, gonna, now, it's, now it's weird. Gonna, when it was just farts, it was fine. But now the egg thing's like weird. I've got to find it. Come on, because we're talking about. It. I'll see if it, I know she deleted her account. I think, but I'm not on TikTok. Um, Farts. I can't remember. It's 82 or 87 or something. I know that because the kids thought it was hilarious. So I was showing I was showing the kids um, the video. Hang on. Where is it? You can see part of it here, I think, anyway. Here we go. Hang on. That's not the bad one. This is the bad one. <laughs> What? Yeah. It's just all these videos, all these videos <laughs> like that. Her account was just full of them. And like, oh, God help us, but the kids, I've got two daughters. And they're just, I mean, that sort of stuff is just manna from heaven in terms of laughing for the rest of the night. <laughs> but somebody's done that. And the point is that, like, you would never have, when the internet was created or when it was first coming through in the mid-90s and it was called the Information Superhighway and, you know, there was all this site and Carter was around and all these sort of things, you would never have predicted that this is one of the end points. This is one of the roads no. that it goes down, someone recording their farts. 
Exactly. Where does it go from here, though? That's the, that's the real question. Uh, like, I think it's where does it go from here? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's wherever fun. Google Glass is headed, I think is where it goes. Where people are just going to immerse themselves on Neuralink. That's yeah. that's got to be where it's headed to. You know, the Elon Musk, Elon Musk technology. It's and I'm not against that either philosophically because I think it's here and it's a bit like the Chat GPT thing these days. You can't go on yeah. Twitter without reading content that you know. I'm a journo, so I read it and I go, yeah, it's yeah. Chat GPT because I know it writes in a certain way. Yeah, because it's. Well, it's it, yeah, when you're the right, people are even getting fucking um, AI to write music now. Oh, it's horrible! Shit. Have you, like, have you seen that band? AI metal band? Completely artificial intelligence metal band. I can't no, remember what the fuck it's called. If you put it, if you put it in on YouTube, like yeah. after we've had the conversation, like put it in on YouTube, put um, AI metal band, and it'll come up, and it's a music video, and it's like um, it's like a computer generated music video, and it's a. Uh, the band are like orcs and shit. Do oh, you know shit. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and um, the music is completely AI generated, and it sound it sounds like fucking a monomath. Oh wow! It's mad. Okay. Like it's completely like so. So give it what twenty years? Maybe maybe bands like me will be completely obsolete. Well, the way I look at you it, you need us anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's that's possible. But the way I look at it is, when you go back and you listen to a lot of the electronic music from the late seventies and early eighties, I mean, how bad does it sound? when the technology was in its infancy and there's some stuff that used the Fairlight machine that's, that survived, like the Frankie goes to Hollywood stuff or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of that other shit just sounds terrible. And, and well, it's that was stuff. Yeah. But that stuff was still programmed by humans though. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? I, I know that what you're still saying, had the yeah. human element to it. Whereas the AI like music isn't, it's just, it's just AI generated. Like it generates everything. It writes it all. It 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 generates the sound, the vocals, everything. It's all AI generated, which yeah, is I, which is mental. Like maybe the next generation, at least like craft work and at least craft work and that were creating electro music by actual yeah. humans doing it. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I've listened to the. There's the band. There's the bloke who, or whoever it is that does the Michael Jackson stuff, creates new songs that sound like Michael Jackson. There's the Beatles one. There's definitely the Metallica one. But it all sounds yeah. like shit to me. I listen to it, and it's yeah, yeah, it's vaguely sort of resembles it, but it, it it's decades away potentially of actually replacing yeah. the real thing. That I was just talking. Mentioned I was talking to Thunderstick just before I got on the on the call to you and. The big thing these days, and you might have noticed this in your travels, but the tribute or the cover thing, so the the, the Iron Maiden cover or the Slipknot cover band, they're selling tickets to thousands of people these days. it's crazy. Like, it's mad. Yeah. It's well, I've never understood that. Like, I've never, like, do you know what I mean? Because it's like, how are they selling so many fucking tickets? Like, how are you selling so many tickets? Mate, they two are here. Like, they come. They come from wherever they come from. And so the system of a down show, for example, the world's biggest one, is from the UK, and it's got the members of Dragon Force in it. Fucking hell, man! It's it's so bizarre, and it's like I get it. You want to earn money. You got to put food on the table and a roof over your head. The convers like the conversation we had up top. I understand that, but even I've been offered a Slipknot show here because yeah. I'm a muso too, and and I'll, yeah, okay, I'll do it. It's just it's interesting, but I, I don't know. At some point, will I sort of migrate into that entire sphere? Because I play, I do play covers, but that's been going on since the bloody fifties, for God's sakes. Cover bands and stuff. So I yeah, play but cover, from... covers is different, though. But like making yeah. a career of 
pretending to be someone else is like I don't know for me. Yeah, like pretending to be Paul Gray with the mask on or V Man, yeah, whatever he's it's called. Like, that's so like, they are, but yeah. That's like to me, that's uh, that's way beyond anything that I could ever want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like because yeah, it's I, like for me, it's like I mean, playing covers is fine. Everyone's played covers. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's that's one thing. But making an actual career of pretending to be a different band hmm. is mad to me. That's that's crazy, and and succeeding in it is even madder. I know, I know. It's uh... like why, like I couldn't, I wouldn't ever want to go and see a Slipknot tribute band. I want to go and see Slipknot. Like, I know it's weird. You know, know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like, even want to see, see Slipknot to be honest with you, but that's okay. They're <laughs> <laughs> not my thing. I remember, like, I saw them in year two thousand when they were apparently the hottest thing that that, that ever existed. Mm. I thought they were garbage. To be honest with you, it just sounded like bang. It sounded like that. Honestly. You know what it sounded like to me? It sounded like that Metallica album that came out a few years afterwards with the tin can drum sound. Oh, Say Anger. That is the yeah. worst drum sound I've ever heard. I, I can't say anything bad, bad about Slipknot because I, I... Oh, you're a I fan, yeah. Ob- I was obsessed with them like, back in the day, like... Um, so like they they were one of the they were one of the bands that like got me into this because I would have been like, what, 2000? Hmm. Did their first album come out because I remember the uh, first album. Ninety nine. Remember getting ninety nine. Well, yeah, I did buy that actually. I'd have been yeah. twelve. I'd have been twelve yeah. when I got that album. So that was like very early on in me getting into metal. So like, I have to I have to give them props because I I was a big fucking Slipknot fan. I still like Slipknot now. I like the earlier stuff. I don't I don't really give a shit about the stuff they put out nowadays. But hmm. like those first those first two albums are. Shit off yeah. for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying. It was, it was just tough for me as an old school Morbid Angel Suffocation, Cannibal mm. Corpse fan, Deicide, Obituary. You know, you listen to these bands yeah. and then then this new hottest thing comes along and it's like, it just sounds like white noise. It's, I can appreciate yeah. that it's still extreme, but where's the, you know, these Trey Zagtoth, Blitzkrieg guitar solos, Eddie Van Halen <laughs> style guitar solos and stuff that I was conditioned to listen to. To listen to. But look, every every band's got their generation. You know, I don't mean a heap shit on them. It's yeah, just exactly. it was one of those. So if huge. it weren't for them, if it weren't for them, yeah, I wouldn't have got into suffocation and cannibal corpse and dying fetus and like that. They were my sort of not yeah. not necessarily a gateway, but at least a bridge over to that extreme blast beats and hmm. all the harsh vocals and stuff like. And if it weren't for them, I, I and Fear Factory, early Fear Factory. If it weren't for those two bands, I probably wouldn't be listening to death metal, to be yeah. honest. Like, because it's like I heard that and then I was like, well, what's how extreme does it go? Like, do you know what I mean? And then I start getting into the suffocations and that's the cannibal awesome. corpses and an obituary. And that's that's like basically so I have to thank them for getting me into into what I'm into, basically. <laughs> yeah. Have you been keeping up with what's not that I think anything's going on with Morbid Angel, but are you a fan of the band and you know what's going on there? Um I like Altars of Madness and I like, I think it's is it Covenant? There's yeah, two. There's the two Morbid Angel, but I, Morbid Angel were never really one of the death metal bands that I was like super into. Wow, okay. they were like, yeah, yeah I, I don't know why. I I loved Altars of Madness. I think Altars of Madness is a great album, but like, I never really don't know. I, I just you know, I when something just doesn't grab you, like Suffocation grabbed me, Cannibal yeah. Corpse grabbed me, Fetus grabbed me, but. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like maybe it just 
just didn't resonate with me. What the hell is happening with the group? I know they had that disaster. That poor yeah. bloke died in uh, Chicago, was it? Or just outside of Chicago? You know, I when the roof so. collapsed. And that was terrible. Oh, cr- yeah. 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 Fucking hell, yeah. We were on tour when that happened. That was fucking crazy. Oh, we were in America. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking brutal, that, man. Like, But it's just one of the... Like, how were you ever going to know that that was going to happen? Like, do you know what I mean? It's not... It's, like it's just one of it's just a fucking freak fucking disaster, isn't it? Was it like a, oh, a hurricane or some shit? It was being reported as a hurricane. Yeah, I, I, but I think see, we get cyclones down here, and cyclones may take out entire cities, as you know, towns and stuff like that. Just decimate things, and so a hurricane I always thought must have been the equivalent, but but it must just a hurricane must just be a very strong storm. Yeah, but it's the like structural super, integrity, super powerful winds, and hurricane. Yeah, the structural integrity of that bloody building that they were playing in was obviously compromised for that to happen. Yeah. So I just, I just first thing I thought was that poor bastard. He was there with his son. So you talk about that inter- intergenerational Fucking hell. That's thing, awful. you know. And I, uh, I read that. And I thought, oh, you poor people, you know. And just that it happened at a Morbid Angel show. They've had a run of outs lately. Dre got arrested a couple of years ago for yeah. a DUI. I've spoken to his mum before for the show. For the show, yeah. and she told me some stuff that I didn't put to air and stuff. And yeah. he's got he's got Asperger's. She told me that. I think it might be the first time that was revealed. People might have had an inkling, but yeah, you see, he's got a private YouTube channel where you can go and see some of the things that he gets up to on tour. And he's definitely different, no question about that. Yeah. But he's just a he's a fucking genius as well. That's the other thing. And yeah. it would just be so sad if uh, if he. And I'm not suggesting that he is for any of the fucking peanut gallery listening, but uh, if he's uh, if you can't tour or they they can't release new albums anymore for whatever reason because they can't hold down a lineup and Dan Badham Vaughn, their guitarist, is a top fella as well. He was playing. He came down here and played bass in Incantation. Really? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. gave me his. He gave me his pick actually. Just Morbid Angel. He's got the Morbid Angel thing embossed on it. Yeah, he's a top fella and uh, they're good people, man. That's the point. They're good people. I just hope it sort of continues. Yeah. And you're in the amongst all of that scene, particularly with the volume of touring that you've done around the United States. You know, yeah. God, guys like me just want some of those old classic bands just to continue going. But, mate, they're not getting any younger. And uh, This is the thing. This is the mm. thing. It's like, do you know what I mean? All our, all, all our legendary, like, bands in the scene, they're, like, they're human. Do you know what I mean? They're all getting older. Like, and it's mm. like, you can't do it forever. Do you know what I mean? Like, even I'm aware of that. I'm 36 now. And it's like, I'm, I'm fully aware that there's going to be a point where I can't do this anymore. Because you got you to think, like, these death metal bands, they're not playing music like Metallica. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You yeah. can't get up on stage and play fucking death metal for fucking three and a half hours when you're in your 50s. You can't do it when you're in your fucking 30s. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's so extreme and it's so brutal. You can't do it. It's not. It's not like, it's not sustainable. Like, it's an extreme form of music. So it's like... You know what I mean? These bands are eventually they're they're not they're not going to be as active anymore. No. But this is where bands like Ingested come in. Correct. You know well, you're I mean? that next because generation like, pushing these, up, but they're no bullshit exactly. bands that are doing it. Yeah. yeah. These these spots, like as much as it pains me to say, because I fucking love these bands, like, but these spots are gonna become available soon. Do you know what I mean? Like in the next 10, 15 years. Like, and it's like then that's when that's when this generation of bands then move up. 
do you know what I mean? Like the ingesteds, the cattle decapitations, the aborteds, like, do you know what I mean? That's but it's only it's a it's to your point all, though. It's the no yeah. bullshit bands. Like it's there's there's yeah. the how how I believe it works, and I've been around long enough to see this just from a fan's perspective, is that when Cannibal bring out a band like you guys and it's on an eight or nine week run, like what it was, they're effectively saying to the audience, he's the guys, he's the guys that we're passing the baton to. We're not going to do this for another probably another decade, mate, because they're in their mid fifties, aren't they? Late late fifties yeah. at this point. Yeah. That's yeah, the I thing. So. I'm, I'm 45, mate, and I can't go into a mosh pit. It exhausts me. And I swim four <laughs> times a week too. So I'm not. I mean, I drink, but I'm not lazy, is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not a yeah. out of out of form slob either. I can actually handle it. But they just ruin me. The next day, I feel like you know, I'm not flexible. So my arms hurt and back hurts and all the rest of it. I can't imagine headbanging like uh, the way Eric and uh, Alex do it. Yeah, Rob. Rob doesn't really do it, but the way Eric and Alex do it and fucking corpse grinder, corpse grinder, man. shit that he Jesus does. Christ. Like, and it's and it's for the whole the whole like seventy minutes as well. Like they're oh, on stage, is he? They're all at it. Like and it's and it's fucking amazing. But that shows you like their drive to show to give a show. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're fucking leaving it all out on the stage every night. And it's again, it's inspiring to watch because it's like, well, I hope I'm still doing that when when I get to that age. Do you know what I mean? But like, like you said about like, and passing the torch. Like, I hope that is, that is how it's seen. Like, because we we deserve it, man. We deserve we deserve that spot. We we work our fucking bollocks off, and we make great music. We put on amazing shows, and we'll always work harder than anybody who stood next to us. So it's like, I I want that spot. Like, do you know what I mean? I want it. Like, and I'll, and I'll work point, my bollocks though. off yeah. to get to it. Like, and real so fans I, get that. Real fans yeah. will understand that to your point. I, I I totally get it now having this conversation with you. And that's why these sort of long-form conversations are so important as well. So as though fans out there, the ones that give a shit, I just, you know, it's not a rant when I say this, but I, I get a bit annoyed with the uh, – passive nature of and the, the transient nature of a lot of fans as well. Like I want yeah. them to honour the work that you've done too and I want them to turn up to the shows and actually foster. The key word there is foster and that's my point around yeah. it's not a selfish. I've got no skin in the game at all. They listen to me or they don't listen to me. What's the I've got whatever. I don't do this for money. It's something else. But for you guys, to, to the cool bands that you want to see keep going, They've got to support you guys. They've actually got to go yeah. to the tour. So I hope this Archspy tour in uh, it's in October, isn't it? Uh, I hope it's it sold is, out. Yeah. I I hope so. I think I I think that if some of them aren't sold out, they're getting close to, which is fucking awesome because it's our first time ever in Australia, which is mm. well, one it's super exciting because it's always somewhere that we've wanted to to tour, um, but being able to play in front of big crowds on our first Australian tour is going to be an absolute killer. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I hope that all the people that have been waiting so long to see us have a fucking awesome time and leave with a smile on their face. And all the people that have never heard of us before are going to fucking leave and check out our fucking music. Or and buy then, a t-shirt. I, I just want to, yeah, buy a t-shirt, like anything. Like, I just want to, I want to make, I want to make our old fans day. And I want to make shitloads of new fans. I want mm. to impress everyone. That's that's the that's the that's the goal for this tour is to fucking smash it out of the park. 
Dicey's the man too. I can I can assure you of that. Dicey's he's done Phil Anselmo, Mayhem, the works, Cannibal, the whole thing, man. And uh, you know, the other thing too is just because I talk to him sometimes on the phone, he's just a fucking good guy. Yeah. That's the other nice. thing. So you you've got honestly, there are a few other boutique people who bring bring bands over and stuff, and I'm not shitting on them at all. They're all nice people, but Dicey's really the guy that he's done tour management in Europe too. He's he's sort of oh. been around and, and done a lot. And he's got he's one of those guys. If you can get him to share some stories with you, mate, he's got stories for days. All right, well, I'll, I'll remember to ask. Killer, <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's been fantastic to have this chat. Thanks so much for being open to it and for willing to share so much of your story. Yeah, it's this is why I do this, man. I have got to be honest. It's uh, I'm really over having the other type of super superficial conversations because I just get it's boring. I think for the audience, you know, what you've given to. The listenership here, I think, is a real deep dive into why you are who you are and why you do what you do, and I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Well, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, like I love having conversations like this. I wish all my interviews were like this because I, I, like you said, it gets boring for me as well when it's just mm. always the same, like same questions, and it's like a very question and answer sort of thing. Whereas, like, yeah. I like to have a conversation. Like, I just because then it then it then it goes wherever it goes. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like it's a proper conversation, and I have fun. You have fun. Hopefully, the listeners have fun like listening mm-hmm. to it. And yeah, um, thank you for having me. I hope everybody who comes to the Australian shows has an absolutely fucking sick time. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. No worries, brother. I'll see you at the zoo in Brisbane anyway, meaning the venue called the zoo. So I'll see you there, mate. I'll definitely Sweet. be out there. So if, right, I see you well, walking, yeah. if I see you walking around, you know, um, after your show or yeah. whatever like that, I'll Come tap grab you on the me. shoulder, mate. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sweet. It'd be nice to meet you. For sure, brother. No worries. Well, safe All journey, right. mate. Nice well. See you down here. Well, there you have it. What a terrific fella. I really enjoyed that conversation there with Jason. Can't wish the band enough success. Now, if you like that one, go across to scarsandguitars.com where many more await. And if you like listening, I bet you like reading because you're an intelligent audience. Click the link in the banner on my website. You'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice and you can download a sample. Yes. And look, if, if you're listening and you don't feel like downloading a sample, you want me to send you across the EPUB or the PDF edition of the book, just hit me up. Send me a DM or get in touch with me via the website been out for over a year and a half now the book it's gone past my expectations so always happy if people want to support the show that's how you do it by the way is you buy the book but otherwise if you're hard up for cash or whatever and want something to read that's all related to hard rock heavy metal extreme metal and beyond you know where to ask all right there's some more information to share with you about the book but before we get to that i'll bid you a fond farewell. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast. Until next time, it's a very goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew Mackay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel and things have just snowballed from there. In all... I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. 
In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldina. Chuck was always, um, you know, he, he was, very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>